You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Listen, people, 
Listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. It simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God. For all that God has done and for all that God will do. We say, we pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. 
You say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We pour this libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We pour this libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we pour this libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We pour this libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We pour this libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi. Hotel family, hope everything is well with you today. Hope you had a good day yesterday on the, uh, on the 4th of July. And of course today and every other day. And of course this weekend coming up. Whatever it is, I hope it is good for you, for you and your family that it is what did you what you want it to be and you are safe. 
This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Tuesday, and Tuesday. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcast. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. You can use a quick method. Whatever search engine you use, which of course you can use, time for an awakening, and you'll get the uh, <clears throat> information from there. Uh, put in Baba Oshi dot net, B A B A O S H I dot net, Baba Oshi dot net, or any other search engine, Google, you know, Firefox, Internet Explorer, whichever you use, family. Yes, all right. Ah, okay. Let's get this party started. Yeah, I, I got a guest, Brother Kofi Taharka of the National Black United Front. On Friday, my guest will be from the uh, Pan-African Federalist Movement. Hope to have some couple of guests next week as well. Try to line some folks up. Sometimes it works out, and unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't, but it's all good. We, we, do, we do what we have to do on this program to at least to make the information that you receive relevant and pertinent for us as a people. Ashe? Ashe. All right. Okay. We Buy Black. We Buy Black, the largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses, is webuyblack.com. Get everything you need from American African-owned businesses, webuyblack.com. Africa for the Africans. Africa for the Africans, Brother Bamani Tahimba, who um, has been taking our people on tours, trips of a lifetime, as you like to call them, for many years. And his next trip is to Tanzania, November 16th through the 27th, Tanzania. Then December 24th to January 4th, 2024, Azania. March 29th to April 9th, 2024, Liberia. July 11th to July 23rd, Ghana. November 21st to December 2nd, 2024, Kemet. April 1st through April 11th, 2025, Senegal and Gambia. Brothers and sisters, go to the website AfricaForTheAfricans.org and that information is there for you, but also how you can purchase land in Africa. How this you call invest, may be recorded or transcribed. How you, how you can invest. So many ways that, that it's possible for you to take advantage of also to the uh, Pan-African city that is in Ghana. So everything that you need, if, even if you don't go on any of his tours, um, when I went to back in 2019, went to Ghana, went to, to the website, got all the paperwork that I needed, uh, shots that I needed to take, visas that I needed to get. It's all there for you, brothers and sisters. Africa for the Africans dot org. org. Brothers and sisters, they're doing the work They're They're here in Atlanta. The Habashah Works program, their programs are Habashah Works, Black Tar Roots, Sustainable Seas, Golden Growers, and Urban Green Jobs. And of course, the Kashi Project, 
which they uh, launched in uh, October of last year in Ghana. And there's all kinds of pictures to show you what is happening, how beautiful it is. So go to Habashaw Incorporated. Dot org. Habashaw stands for helping Africa by establishing schools at home and abroad. Habashaw Incorporated.org. LEDGE, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. The LEDGE Group, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. They have 12 projects in six different countries on the continent. They employ 170 people with, on, with over 260 members. Brothers and sisters, they deal in the four areas of human necessity. Human, without it, we don't exist. Food, water, clothing, and shelter. Food, water, clothing, and shelter. Brothers and sisters, become a member of the Ledge Group, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. Uh, oh, it's my pharmacies. Their web, sh- their web shop is... Their web uh, browser is still down. So we're going to go right to Brother Moses West. The Moses West Foundation, automating the production of water for all. The Moses West Foundation provides clean and safe drinking water to communities worldwide through sustainable missions. He's a veteran and a minority owned nonprofit organization. We're dedicated to making a lasting impact on the global water crisis. With, an, with our innovative atmospheric water generation, AWG, atmospheric water generation technology, we address disaster impact zones, water scarcity, water rescue. Your contribution helps us fulfill our mission to improve access to clean water. Support us today and help change the world. That's right. He's not looking for investors. Mm-mm. He wants donations. It's not about trying to make some money off the folks who, 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 I just should receive a, an entity that is vital to human existence. So, Brother Moses West, the Moses West Foundation, Atmospheric Water Generators. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar, located here in Atlanta in the West End, on Ralph David Abernathy, across the street from Shrine, excuse me, across the street from the Soul Vegetarian Restaurant, up the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna, on Ralph David Abernathy. They have delicious. Smoothies, fruit drinks, health foods, uh, dry goods, all kind of good stuff. They sell um, vegan dinners on Saturday and Sunday. And, uh, man, Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar. Give them a call at 404-444-1635. 404-444-1635. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall, located uh, right on the strip of the Greenbrier Mall in, and uh, off of 166. Mama Nia, she has a fine selection of books, postcards, greeting cards, gift certificates, t-shirts, figurines, and so much more. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Give her a call at 404-346-3263. That's 404-346-3263. The Black Dot Cultural Center Bookstore and Coffee Bar, located in Lithonia, that is East of Atlanta, take I-20 going east. Exit number 74, make a left, now you're going north. And on the left, after about a mile, is the new, well, not the new, is the Black Dot Cultural Center Bookstore Hand Coffee Bar. Give Brother Gazemde a John will call at 770-305-6373. 770-305-6373. Brothers and sisters, there is light in the Black Dot. And jump back on 
I-20 going east to next exit, exit 75 is Turner Hill Road. Make a right, go down three lights, make another right, and on the left will be the new Black Wall Street Market. The new Black Wall Street Market right off of I-20, exit 75, Turner Hill Road. All right. Us lifting us. Us lifting us. The Economic Development Cooperative for Our People. Every Thursday night, tomorrow night, they're broadcast from 9 to 10. From 9 to 10. On blogtalkradio.com. Blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU. You can listen to the program that way. Or you can call to listen or give questions, comments, or concerns at 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. Us lifting us, the economic development cooperative for our people. Homeland, Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop open from Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. in Macon, Georgia, 2910 Napier Avenue in Macon, Georgia. Brothers and sisters, Brother B just got it going on. I mean, at his place, it's, it's, he's selling everything, clothing, furniture, DVD, CDs, incense, beauty products. He even has a vegan restaurant on the premise, brothers and sisters. Check him out. Give him a call at 478 478- Two five six one one six six. That's four seven eight two five six one one six six. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop, helping unite Africa in Macon, Georgia. All right. Sun Goddess Central One Stop Natural Shop located in Jonesboro on Jonesboro Road, forty one forty Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia, inside the International Discount Mall, booth two twenty five. Give my sister Shelly Amonset a call at. 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop. Sister Gabby, always got to give her a shout out because of the great work that she's doing in the island, on the island of Haiti, in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti. You know, they rely solely on brothers and sisters like us because they get no government assistance. So why don't you check her out? Go to the website, Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E dash Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I dot org, Sanjay dash Haiti dot org. All right. Um, Baba Baruti and Mama Yah. Let me pull that up right quick. Yeah. They uh, have a number of activities that are about to happen. Their their school is going to start, the African Center School, Akaban Institute, once again, uh, starts in the fall, uh, dealing with uh, opening students, excuse me, open to students, fourth grade through 12th, and uh, for this academic year, 2023-2024, a lot of times you can use Zoom. But give Baba Baruti and Mama Yah a call at 404-753-7237 starting in August. August 1st, that's when school starts back. Um, this Saturday, July 8th, from noon to 4 p.m., Common Sense Security with Baba Baruti. Common Sense Security. Um, to register, you can do the following. Make your donation. $20 for families, 35 Excuse me, $20 for individuals, $35 for families, 
ten dollars for those under eighteen. You can pay via PayPal at Yahbaruti at Yahoo. That's Y A A B A R U T I at Yahoo. Or Cash App Dollar Sign Yah Y A A the letter M and then Baruti B A R U T I. Include your pertinent information, which is Common Sense Security, your name and your email address, so they can send you the link. All right, and. Saturday, excuse me, Friday and Saturday, July 21st and 23rd, Friday, July 21st, Saturday through Sunday, excuse me, family, Friday, July 21st through Sunday, the 23rd. So there's a 22nd up in there on Saturday. That's right. Liberated Minds Homeschool and Education Expo. It's going to be live in person in Atlanta and it'll be it'll be streamed. We can have access to that. It's going to be at the Piedmont Technical College Conference Center. Okay, who is it for? Calling all American African homeschoolers, homeschool groups, parents, grandparents, children, educators, institutions, extracurricular extracurricular programs, community activists, counselors, speakers, you name it. It's for all of them. Okay, Queen Tahis is the founder at the uh, Liberated Minds. And Baba Baruti is, is the keynote speaking. Uh, Liberated Minds Homeschool and Education Expo. And the ident- he's speaking on the identity of African-centered educator. The identity of an African-centered educator. And then next month, August 5th, the hunt is on. Men's Quarterly, Baba Rudy will be making a presentation on menticide. The hunt is on. That's right. Once again, include uh, information the hunt is on your name and your email address so they can send you the link. At the same time, Mama Enia will have her sister circle. And, and then that's Saturday, August 5th, from 4 to 6 p.m. From 4 to 6 p.m. in the evening. Same thing applies, your name, your email address, so they can send you the link. And, of course, make sure, make sure you put in the title, African Womanhood. And to save the date, African Warriors Day, African Warriors Day, Saturday, September 16th. Here's an announcement for, all the, for the family, for the African families. In previous years, Baba Baruti and the brothers celebrated African Warriors Men Day in September. And Inia and the sisters celebrated African Women's Day in December. This year and going forward, we will combine these celebrations into one joint celebration for us all in September. And we hope to see you there. Habibi Fohodier. Ashe. More of that coming as we get close to that time. The Inye Sesim. The Inye Sesim. The Inye Sesim of daily revolutionary thought. The Inye Sesim of July 4th. They building underground cities while we concerned with seeing titties. Brand Nubian. Brand Nubian. Imagine a world where television dictates the nature, content, and direction of our conversations where other interests, issues, and premeditated distractions determine and become ours because what they say and display is all we know to think and talk about. Imagine a world where the media completely controlled by others are our primary mental stimulation and we cease to intellectually exist. 
We talk about what and where they direct our attention. We see the world through the lens they have consciously crafted for us. And if their interpretation of what's relevant, their news, their economic interests, their commercials, their fantasies, talk shows, sitcoms, porn, pornography, their entertainment, sports, music, dance, and so forth, is all we see, then it is all we talk about. Unless a critical situation in our lives moves us to momentarily turn from it. And even then, their media significantly informs and influences our view and response to those personal crises. Imagine a people who see no purpose in life other than consuming whatever garbage is placed on their plate, on their rented plates, and who eagerly involve themselves in issues which have nothing to do with them except to facilitate their own noisy destruction. Affirm, the Western media does not distract me from the truth. Affirm, the Western media does not distract me from the truth. July 5th. The aggressive seizure of intellectual space, like the seizure of land, amounts to the aggressors occupying someone else's territory while claiming it has its own. Malefe Kete Asante. Negro intellectual watchdogs have recently experienced an unprecedented and virtually unchallenged leverage over defining what it is acceptable African interpretation of reality. It is not that the, uh, the number of serious African-centered warrior scholars is declining. This challenge has resulted from a campaigning of mass media and doling out of the academic positions, the virtual absence of control over these positions by Africans who hold them and the intolerance of increasing numbers of Africans who fear anything not bringing them greater levels of consumption in this materialistic world. This white sponsored Negro crusade has left us few credible public platforms from which to speak truth. We often miss the point of the Negroization of African-centered education when looking for individual traitors instead of a cultural conspiracy. Cultures define their interests and African educational in initiatives <clears throat> are in opposition to European cultural imperatives. Europeans naturally respond accordingly. Mentalcidal African academicians are central to their racial response. Their reaction to African educators working to re-Africanize students by offering them the opportunity to know themselves and study independent nation building. A direct threat to European domination of Africans is aggressively oppositional. <clears throat> Affirm, I am raising African-centered warrior scholars. Affirmed, I am raising African-centered warrior scholars. The Inya Sassim of Daily revolutionary thought yes sir yes sir family what time is it that's right family it's nation time that's what time it is it's nation time and I'm looking for my guest brother Kofi Taharka are you there brother yes I'm here all right brother Kofi Taharka family the chairperson. Can you hear me? I can hear you very well. I can hear you very right. well. Good. He is the chairperson of the National Black United Front. And this 
is their 44th annual convention in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's Saturday, excuse me, it's this Friday, the 7th at 7 p.m., the Black Unity Reception, <clears throat> and the National Cherry Meritus, uh, Reverend Herbert Daltrey, will be in attendance. I saw him at the, uh, had a chance to give him some love at the uh, State of the Black World Conference that Ron Daniels put on in, in Baltimore a few months ago. Herbert Daltrey looked just as, just like he has all these many years. He's still very spry, ain't he, man? Yeah. Yes. Yes, he is. And then Saturday, uh, July 8th from 9 a.m. to 4, there'll be workshops, Models of Unity, Coalition Building, New Speakouts on Self-Determination, and Intergenerational Podcast. And we need to do more with Intergenerational because there is no issues between our elders and the brothers and sisters and our youth. We are one. And then Saturday, July 8th, the National Banquet, and the speaker will be uh, the New York City Council member, Brother Charles Barron. I was informed by a brother from New York that Charles Barron lost the election, you know. And I was like, wow, because he has been a strong advocate, and I'm quite sure something happened where the people are not. Hello? Sorry about that. So uh, have you found out what happened with the election, Brother Kofi? So first of all, Black Power, right on. I want to bring greetings to you and the brothers and sisters in your listening audience from the officers and members of the National Black United Front. It is a honor and pleasure to be with you, Brother Oshi. And hopefully as we go through this interview, I was thinking about it. I'm a, I can interview you, too, a little bit. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir, brother. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. But then... I, um, what was the question, sir? I was talking about uh, Brother Charles Barron, who lost his election uh, for city council in New York. I was informed uh, yeah. of that a uh, uh, few, few weeks ago. And uh, I know he'll right. still be yeah. a player. I know that because he lost yeah. the election, he ain't going nowhere. He's still going to be a player in New York. He's because he's been that for about 30 something years or more. Brother Charles Barron is a very unique person who, in politics, in as much as uh, he hadn't sold his soul to the Democratic Party or the Republican Party or any other of these uh, parties, he was able to help through an organization called Operation Power mm -hmm. to build an organizing base separate and apart from uh, those entities that oftentimes water down what it is that we actually need in our community it is also able to deliver beyond the rhetoric mm -hmm. beyond african or revolutionary rhetoric in that position he and his wife inez baron mm -hmm. so for about 20 years between the two of them they were holding simultaneously seats at the state legislature in new york and city council and yeah he did um, lose a primary election, and we are very anxious to wrap our arms around him um, when he gets there because, see, as you know, Brother Oshie, for some of these people in the black political elite, politics or 
Yeah, electoral politics is the goal. It's a mm-hmm. profession. Right. For those of us in the African liberation movement, it may or may not be a tactic or a strategy to use from time to time. So we know that Brother Charles, who's been in the liberation movement since his teens, that this was a tactic that he and his wife were using to serve the people and that he remains in the liberation movement. So he'll be able to give us the full inside scoop on how this has all gone down. Mm -hmm. But he remained uh, a strong soldier. As he would say, uh, he says he's a radical socialist. Yeah. He's an elected revolutionary. This is what (laughs) he's saying while in office. Right. Right. So he'll be able to give us the politics of liberation. And that is a question that is constantly on our agenda throughout our history is what and how and how and when and why and what could be expected out of engagement on that battlefront. So we're looking forward to hearing directly from our brother, Charles Barron. Shay, I know that's right. Yeah. You look like you're going to have a great conference. It's the 44th annual convention in, in Pittsburgh. The, the uh, theme of the convention is following our ancestral will, moving toward liberation. And it's going to be at the uh, uh, Healthy Village Learning Institute, 1102 Fremont Street in McKeesport, Pennsylvania, just outside of Pittsburgh. And um, Herbert Dawkins said Herbert Daltrey will be there. Brother Charles Barron will be there. Ah, oh, man, virtually, um, it's going to be some uh, uh, reports, virtual reports from Rwanda and from our good brother, Brother Jamu Webster, reporting from Ghana, West Africa, man. That's a good brother, man, out of Kansas right. City. So, so people can go to nbuff.net, that's N-B-U-F dot net. And can you imagine, I, I know you can because you've been an activist or organizer, community-centered person throughout uh, a good portion of your life and the life that I've known. What it has taken to make it 44 years as an independent organization, not funded by some foundation right. or philanthropy, but funded by the membership, funded by the communities in which we serve, um, the ups and downs of what takes place within any formations and organizational structures from the people who founded the organization in 1980 in Brooklyn, New York, with the great organizer, Baba G2YUC. G2YUC. Uh, Reverend Elizabeth. Man. Yes, sir. Elizabeth Brooklyn, um, uh, uh, Chairman Emeritus, Reverend Daughtry, and many other people whose names I don't know, all mm-hmm. the way up to today, whether they were in the organization for a month, for a year, for two years, five years, and intermittent periods have helped us get to this level that we still standing, we still black, we still strong, Mm -hmm. and to be able to come together and maintain our intellectual sovereignty, our financial sovereignty as an organization. It's one hell of a thing that's going to take place July the 7th through the 9th, like you said, right outside of Pittsburgh in an independent institution with Baba Keith Murphy up there in McKeesport. And we're looking forward 
to bring all of these people that you named them, more people, but also, brother, this is something I learned. Like I was in Milwaukee with you. We coming to learn from the people in Pittsburgh. Right. We're not just coming from right. Houston and New York and Kansas City and that or wherever or Atlanta or wherever we coming from uh, or people are coming from to say, oh, we got all of the answers. Every particular city, while there is commonality wherever we are as African people in areas of human endeavor and the challenges and opportunities that we're faced, but there's also unique parts of history and unique successes. And we come in to learn and, and get that energy and get that political, historical, and cultural education from our sisters and brothers in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area, and indeed in the tri-state area. I say right on, man. I, and, and, and you will be able to pick a lot of that up, uh, uh, from from streaming, won't you? Yeah, we. You have to check the website to see which parts uh, that we will stream. Now, mm-hmm. I want. I'm going to say this publicly, brother Oshi. I'm all for the technology, right? Okay. But any, you know, we have to have balance in the technology. Now, we have to ask ourselves the question: as African people, as Black people, people of African ancestry. When we get into serious, very serious deliberations, right. how much of that should be streamed and how much of it shouldn't be streamed? I agree. Let's talk black about it, brother. Yes, sir. Now, you know, this is, you know, the technology is great. It's enabling me and you and people around the world to hear right. this conversation. But there's also, as an activist and an organizer who's been in this movement for a long time myself, I think we have to really say what is for the public and what is we got to be face to face man yeah, yeah. i got to look you in your eyes yeah i got to feel your energy i got to uh uh yeah. and we, we have to be able to have some deliberations on that front as well we must so we had that means website. that means brother Cope, we got to be in that room we got to be in that room right and it can't be yeah. anything outside we got to be in that room to discuss cuz there's some family things you know cuz there are a lot of That's us right. who are who going to listen who ain't down with who we are as Imba for down who we are as African people. And that's just a fact, you know, but the mm-hmm. opportunity for brothers and sisters in other places around this country to hear the national black United front and what we're about. That's a good thing, you know, right. But a lot of things, everything is balanced, brother. Yes, sir. Everything is, is a balance, but I see this, see, I'm old enough now to have seen to be in several different segments or trends, uh, if you will, with the technology, right? right? And I'm saying there's value in both. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to make that point uh, specifically because sometimes I think we get real lazy and we get real careless and we get real um, comfortable using these tools and technology that we don't control. Right. We don't exactly. control. We don't control. So it's a it's a it's a, it's a balance mm-hmm. from the perspective that I'm bringing of what we present, you know, uh, publicly, and people have to go to the website as 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 we uh, decide which which portions and which uh, sessions may be able to be um, streamed. But see, this is another thing. It's still time to make it there. What I know. And what you know about our people is that we do what we want to do, mm-hmm. right? Right. If we get right. something as a priority, you say, damn, 
it's Wednesday and the mm. thing kicks off on Friday. Friday. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's still time. It's still time to actually make it there in person for some people. Yeah. And if you can't make it there and if you believe in black power and you believe in self-determination and you believe in um, mass based organizing, if you believe in some of the things that Buff has been involved in on the international front, like the uh, anti-apartheid, free Azania movement, the new Jewel movement, some of our humanitarian efforts in Haiti, mm-hmm. Rwanda, Grenada, um, around Katrina, Harvey, Ike, if you believe in reparations for freedom of political prisoners organizing against police terrorism, brutality, and misconduct, if you believe in African-centered education, mm-hmm. independent yes. education for our children, you can make a donation at mbuff.net. If you were a member for a long time ago and you said, you know what, MBuff is still going, they still about that work, and no donation is too small and no 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 donation is too large. That's another way that people um can support us. Well, I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna do on this radio program right now. I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna make a donation on an ongoing basis because I believe in MBuff. I was a member of MBuff. I can still consider myself a member of MBuff. You know, I believe you know we call you brother Ocean, legacy member. You a legacy <laughs> member, brother. You a legacy. That's now, right. while you doing that donation, can I tell the people about sure. you? Sure. <laughs> what I know about you. Now, see, th- this is the thing, right? So, you know, everybody has uh, uh, different skill sets and what have you, different places. See, I've been on the streets of Milwaukee with brother Oshiade and seen and know that he coached little league uh, football and that the people I have seen the response of the community to the work, the community centered dedication that you gave with my own eyes. This is not a YouTube scholar, uh, 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 somebody that just got popular for clickbait or whatever. This is a person that I have been in the streets of Milwaukee with several times and got a sense and step back and look from the elders to the youth based on your servantship to the community the amount that you've earned. So I have a lot of respect for you, brother, well, based on that. the real world. That wasn't on Zoom. That wasn't no. on YouTube. No. It wasn't streaming <laughs> or streaming. I'm right. talking about what I've seen with my own eyes walking the street and moving around the city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin on several occasions. Well, that's why I say all the time that, you know, I don't call myself Baba Oshi. People call me Baba Oshi because of the work that you do. You don't give yourself titles. Titles are earned. Even eldership, you know, some of them ain't elders. They just old. Eldership is earned by based on, on, on your activity still in the community. I know a gentleman here in Atlanta, uh, Baba, uh, Baba Kelsey. Baba Kelsey is like 94 years old. He's in a, he is truly an esteemed elder. And every time I'm in his presence, I ask for permission to speak because he is truly an esteemed elder. And what he said to me, he said, when you came here, and I, I've been here now uh, going on eight years, he said, you've been consistent. 
and I, I've seen your work, and, and, he, and, and I was uh, very thankful and very humble uh, by his assessment of, of myself and the work I've tried to do and the man I try to be in our community here in the city of, of Atlanta. Because I said, you know, you can, just like uh, family, just like Brother Kofi Tahaka just said, if you go to Milwaukee and you say, you know Brother Oshi or Baba Oshi, and they'll say to you, yeah, that's a good brother, you know? And, and that's the kind of reputation we all must build because of the work that is necessary and the reputations that we need to have to do the work. If I, if, if I say to you, brother, this is some serious work that we need to do based upon my history, then you'll say, yeah, let's do it. But, but if I don't have no history and I'm saying to do something, well, what you done? What you done did? You know? You could, so, brothers and sisters, continue to do the work. Do the work even when no one's looking. Do the work even though you don't get any accolades. Do the work. Help our community. Help each other. Help our families. You know, do the work. And, and, and so I will always, to my last day, you know, do whatever I can to support the liberation, self-determination, and sovereignty for African people. That's, that's who I am, you know, and so I really thank you for that, and I appreciate that, uh, Brother Kofi. And, and so definitely I'm going to be seeing you. You don't do the servantship. I use the term servantship, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't do the servantship. It's a way of life. It's a way of life. Um, sometimes things can be fashionable, right? Right. The clothes we wear or whatever. But when we get down to serious um, principles, mm-hmm. when we get down to uh, life choices and decisions, because all of us know anybody that's been serious in this movement know that there are others who have paid a hell of a price, mm-hmm. whether they be ancestors or whether they be people who are still living, people have paid one hell of a price in order for us to stand in this line of divine. Yes. Right. It's a hell mm-hmm. of a price that's been paid. And to me, it's not, sacrifice if you're doing something that you love and you understand the full context, historical and contemporary context of what you're engaged in. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's an honor and a privilege in order to be of service to, to African people. I say, I agree. I agree. And, and that's why I don't take it lightly. I take it very seriously that um, whatever I say that I'm going to do, being a man of my word, and if there's any way that I didn't do, there were some consequences or some other direction that I, that I could not, you know. And, and But my word, like, you know, I, as I told my, 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 my daughter, I ain't got no money. I ain't never had no money. <laughs> but what I do have is my word, you know. And, <laughs> and so uh, I try to be a man of my word and, and – Whatever I say that I'm going to do, I try my best to do it best by ability, especially for our people, you know, because uh, all over this country, all around this world, you know, African people are adversely affected. And so we need so many voices. We need so many men and women of sincerity and commitment to, you know, to deal with the, the myriad of problems that we have. And it, it, 
And I know at times for some of us, they say it doesn't look good. And you're right, it doesn't. You know, but by the same token, we will never give up. We will always struggle. We'll always fight to the, to the very end. I ain't giving up, you know. And I know that a lot of our people, um, unfortunately, believe in this madness. <laughs> they believe, um, just like yesterday, they were out there waving flags and dressed in red, white, and blue. You know, hey, hey, Kofi, I had to quit. I had to quit essential T-shirt. That's the one where the American flag is being ripped open, exposing the red, black, and green with a gold Africa. That's right. <laughs> That's the well, our position too is, is that we had no, I, I don't care how many times we'd have been to Africa, how many onks we wear, how many incense and dashikis we wear, or tams and throw up our fists talking about black power and all power to the people or whatever it is, whatever ideological or theological position. We we all are part of the people. We are no higher than the people. We never look down on the people. We always look up to the people. We are yes, part sir. and parcel yes. when these scholars yes, talk sir. about our psychological uh, state of mind. This is the position I'm saying, brother, is that we're included in that, right? Not some other people because they didn't read this book or they didn't do this or they didn't do that or they didn't make this trip or they didn't listen to this YouTube lecture or whatever. Yeah, we might have a little more information and everything, but we are part and parcel of the collective of African people, wherever we stand, good, bad, ugly, yes. right? Yes. And when we take that, that viewpoint, then we won't get on some mental high horse thinking that we didn't arrive at some place because ain't nobody arrived nowhere until we all arrive that's right. there. That's a that's principle right. that we understand. And that's something that I have grown and developed to look at the world view, the reality from the street corner to the rural areas, to the diaspora, to the continent itself. And also to look at some of the positives of things and make sure that we have that balance in how we're looking at it. It's amazing that we here in yeah. some reality, right? Yeah. <laughs> As Kwame Ture said, we're going to survive America. We're going to survive the applied myth of global white supremacy and capitalism. Mm-hmm. We, we, we survive all of this and still through our spirit, our creativity, our commitment we're still here, still working as a collective group of people, different people bringing different things to uh, the pot. We've been through a pandemic, a pandemic, whatever it is. That we've, we've been through hell and back, and we're still yeah. working. That's right. We still That's right. work. And because they can't completely destroy the African mind. Yes, I know there's many of our people who suffer from mental side. And our, many of our people who cannot grasp or, or, or who cannot envision an African reality, you know. And in fact, I've heard people say, no, I don't want to all Africa. I, I got to have some, I mean, we're so conditioned to have some white folks in there somewhere. And of course, if we know if there's white folks in there somewhere, they running it because that's how they are. That's who they are, you know. And many of our people, unfortunately, think, think they run it, but they're happy with that, you know, and that's a sad, it's a sad state of affairs, but 
By the same token, that's what we must work towards. That's why this program here, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday is about independence, self-determination, liberation, and sovereignty for African people. The model of this program is Pan-Africanism or perish, unify or die. And that's serious because that's what it is. If we don't do this, we will die. So, you know, let's, you know, become a member of, of, of an organization, become a member of IMBA, become a member of the Pan-African Federalist Movement. That's going to be my guest on uh, Friday, members of the Pan-African Federalist Movement. I had uh, a, a group that uh, put on a conference uh, that Mickey Dean was at uh, last, last weekend here in the Atlanta area, the uh, community builders, you know, and... Uh, and they had to put on a nice conference, had some good speakers and so forth. You know, it was it was well attended. A lot of young people, a lot of young people. That was very encouraging, you know, because when I went to Ron Daniels' uh, conference, the State of the Black World, put on the Institute of the Black World, wasn't a lot of young people, you know. And um, we need uh, to infuse our organization with some youth, and that youth is committed to continue the, the work that uh, we have started, you know, and to build on that work, you know. So, so that was encouraging. Then I know you have a, a piece here uh, on intergenerational communications and youth on self-determination at the conference, liberation politics, coalition building, and models uh, for African unity. And, and, and we need to look at those models and emulate them and duplicate them everywhere, you know, everywhere. And not just here, but throughout the diaspora and on the continent. We need African unity, you know. I take that. That's why, Brother Kofi, I'm still upset by this, you know, when the African Union uh, came into existence after the OAU and they changed the date of May May 25th, African Liberation Day to Africa Day. Mm -hmm. To Africa Day. That ain't shit, Africa Day. You know, but I know what happened because they were influenced by those Caucasians, by the Europeans. When you're talking about African liberation, oh, that's, that's strong. That, that, I'm quite sure them crackers were frightened, African liberation, <laughs> you know, but that's what we must have. And they changed it to Africa Day. And, and I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely down with every organization should contact them and say, change, that, change it back to African Liberation Day on May 25th. And on May 25th, regardless of what day it's on, unlike these weekend holidays that they have here, and some of these weekend holidays, they, they ain't nothing but mass shootings. Every weekend holiday that they have these things where they have, this one's a five-day because it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and yesterday, Tuesday. And I don't know how many, I bet well over 20 people were killed and well over, over 100 people were shot. <laughs> you know? That's what happens here in the good old uh, U.S. of A. You know? And, and not all, all of them that were shot or killed were our people, although there's a number of them because you look at the cities. All the major cities, uh, not with the exception of New York, though, but Philadelphia, Phil um, 
D.C., Baltimore, Chicago, every every uh, time in Chicago. Chicago's ridiculous, you know. And and so and and of course, what's the deal? This country ain't going to do a damn thing about gun control. They're not going to do a damn thing about legislating and, and, and making sure that uh, guns would be registered and not in the hands of people who shouldn't have guns for whatever reason, mental, whatever. They're not going to do anything about it. In fact, there's some places, Brother Kofi, as you may know, that you don't have to have a permit. You just have, You can just carry your gun on your hip and go about your business and bust a cap in anybody's ass that you feel threatens you. So it's like the wild, wild west. You know. So you know I live in yeah. Texas. Guns are a big part of the culture. When when the litany of things that, that, that you ran down, what comes to my mind is what are the root causes of it? And then how understanding root causes of it, how on whatever small scale or large scale do we institute project program activities events that impact in a positive way to reduce the internal violence the fratricide the mental side that yeah. goes on right yeah that could be everything anything from youth sports to after school programs to independent schools to something that some create something creative that comes from uh the youth itself the healthy living village in McKeesport is an example of an institution that's programming to our youth providing some alternative to some of the tricks and traps that exist and the staff will be there. So we'll be in a space July the 7th through the 9th that is not talking about it, writing about it, theorizing about it, mm-hmm. but actually instituting countermeasures relative to some of the internal contradictions and challenges and internal um, violent behavior that we have. And we got to address it. I mean, the bottom line is this this culture, they're not going to do a damn thing about it. Just like I said, you live in Houston, which is truly gun culture, you know, and all throughout Texas, all throughout the South, hell, all throughout this country, you know, they, they guns uh, are readily available. That's why in today's world, all these holiday weekends, you're going to see mass killings. And And I would say that as you travel throughout this country, every city, every single city I've ever been in has some individual or some group that is dealing to some level of degree of success, no matter how small relative to any issue that we want to bring up. Now, is it making a 
in terms of scale, do some of the entities and formations and groups and, and projects and programs have the scale? Um, maybe not, but there are people who are working that problem or working that challenge or working uh, and having some success. Do they get the level of support? whether it be economic or people power or both support in whatever project and program that we're working. We got our share of issues in every particular city and even in, in rural areas. And a lot of places I know in Houston, we got people that are working that issue and have been and have had success to varying degrees. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a part and parcel of our responsibility to find those who are doing that work and to support them as strongly as we can. I say. Yeah. Well, listen, brother, we're going to take a break. We come back from the break. There's a few callers there, but also too, I want you to get off more in depth into the uh, conference coming up this weekend and what, and the history of, of, of MBUF, what MBUF has been involved in and what continues to be involved in and how those brothers and sisters can become members of MBUF or, contribute to MBUF success. Okay? All right, Brother Kofi. We're going to take a break. You want me to tell stories about you in Milwaukee or what? <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 yeah, Brother Kofi. <laughs> All right. Brothers and sisters. I can go, I can go back on you now. I, I, you know, I, 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 I remember that a little. Yeah, I know. I know you can. <laughs> you and Conrad. Nah, nah. It's all good. It's so, all good. Okay. I appreciate you. Thank you. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We'll be right back. You stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Straight to the kitchen table 
Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. I'm talking today with Brother Kofi Taharka, the chairperson of the National Black United Front. And um, 
their upcoming conference, their upcoming convention. It's this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 7th, 8th, and 9th in Pittsburgh. Well, it's actually in free, uh, it's actually at the village, the Healthy Village Learning Institute on Fremont Street in McKeesport, Pennsylvania, which is outside of Pittsburgh. But I'm quite sure it'll be well attended. And Now listen, we don't have, do we have a, a chapter in in uh, Pittsburgh? We have our national treasurer, Sister oh. Lisa Quinn. Oh, great. Okay. Is in Pittsburgh yeah. along with a support group. She is a dynamic, powerful sister Beautiful. in servantship, and she has put this convention together with support from some of the brothers and sisters around the country. Right on. Outstanding. Because, I mean, I know usually uh, we have bounced back and forth between Houston and, and Kansas City and Chicago sometimes. Those been in the, some of the three of the strongest chapters in MBUF, you know, historically and, you know, presently. And, uh, <clears throat> and I know even here in Atlanta, when was the last time MBUF had a conference here in Atlanta? Well, I want to say this is a convention. It's not a conference. Okay. Um, And it's a slight distinction because we're convening the organization. There are public aspects to the convention, and then there's internal aspects to for the organization with the convention. My understanding, this was before my time, that there was a chapter of MBUF in Atlanta at one time in the early 80s, I believe, okay. but since then we have not had a chapter there. And that brings up a very good point. You were talking about the youth and the model for African people is intergenerational work, intergenerational struggle, if you will. And this challenge that exists for MBUF and many other organizations or formations that are around how is it that we engage younger people and keep them engaged so that organizations don't die on the vine with powerful leadership? Right. I'm of the generation that came right behind those from the 60s and 70s, and we've seen this. You have one or two or three very committed, dedicated figures in a particular area that help drive the chapter and because of transition, health, life in general, when those figures are unable to do what they did five years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, keeping something alive. This is a big challenge. Mm -hmm. This is a big challenge. And Encouraging, giving um, support and opportunities is very important that we do that with younger people. It's very important that we have proper political, historical, and cultural education, not just for the fact that we could get up at a lecture or on YouTube or something and spit out a bunch of of uh, dates, times, people, places, In fact, that is important history in and of itself, but also to learn from what worked Mm -hmm. and what didn't work 
so that we do not fall into the same tricks, traps, and everything else that befall our efforts at self-determination, at sovereignty, at full and complete liberation. And that's the need in my mind for one of the major needs in my mind for study. I think that in some quarters in the African-centered movement, at certain times we get into what I call the lecture mode, right? To be able to spit out a bunch of information but not practice it or have certain theory, but then not practice it. And then as um, each generation comes forward, then if they're creating something new, they don't have to recreate right. necessarily the wheel, if you, if you get my meaning, mm-hmm. and have what Comrade, our Egun, our ancestor who was the national chairman for many years out of Chicago would say was historical discontinuity, right? To think that certain things hadn't been done or the ways that they hadn't been done before. So then not having the benefit of that wisdom, whether the people still be living or whether they be ancestors, whatever wings of our movement that people have come out of. And that's one of the reasons, brother, wow, Reverend Daughtry is 92 years old. He has been organizing for many, many decades. Many of the great African minds that we think of, whether they be scholars or whether they be revolutionaries or whether they be uh, political people, Reverend Daughtry has actually worked with them, walked Mm -hmm. with them. And we plan on, on Friday, when we kick this convention off at the Unity Reception, which is free and open to the public, he'll be delivering the main message. And we plan on extracting as much wisdom from him in this gathering as possible. And we give thanks to the creator and the ancestors that he is still able to move around and to communicate at this time while he's living. And we give him some of his flowers while right he's living. Right on. Cause he definitely deserves them. Like I said, I saw him uh, at the um, state of the black world conference, still looking good, still moving, still speaking, still speaking strong, you know? And so definitely, definitely needs to be uh, honored on this Friday. Yes. And let me say this, and we have uh, one of our founding members who is still engaged. She's an elder out of New York, Sister Maxine Flowers. She will be there, and we will be doing the same thing with her from the divine feminine perspective as one of the people who was there in the very beginning. beginning. And to Maxine's credit, Mm -hmm. she ain't she ain't uh, never come out the game mm. relative to him, but she ain't never been on the bench or put on waivers. She's <laughs> stayed the course for That's 44 right. years. You understand what That's I'm right. saying, Black? That's right. I say. So yeah. we got that. We'll have some of that type of uh, um, wisdom, mm-hmm. some of that type of experience in the room that we can interface from various generations. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And, and to me, hopefully there's going to be some good young people 
from that area or those who come to the convention from wherever and to witness that, you know, right? Because you gotta, we gotta know hard. this is this is not this is ain't no this is not a sprint, you know. This is a marathon, and we're in this struggle for the long haul. Yes, there's you know ups and downs, peaks and valleys, but basically we're on the one, and we'll continue to be, you know, moving like I say, backward never, forward ever. You know, that's right. the bus motto. You know. Forward ever, backward never. That's Mbuff's motto. And that's what we move. That's how we move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how many years uh, have you been involved in Mbuff? And how, how did you get involved? I've been involved for about a little over 30 years. Mm-hmm. Myself and before I, I was in Imbuff, then I was in a group called the Tosetti African Historical Society. And that was a group based in Houston, which was a study group mm-hmm. with some very highly highly qualified sisters and brothers. And they were very much connected to Dr. Yusuf Yakanan, Dr. John Henry Clark, yes. those type of uh, yeah. scholars. And we would study much of the ancient works, but also deal with contemporary issues and spent some years in there. And I found that Imbuff had a very vibrant chapter in Houston since the beginning, fighting and organizing around uh, death penalty cases with black men in Texas. You know, we have the death penalty mm-hmm. and very much in the street type of uh, activist and doing a great work in terms of uh, bringing different personalities and people to Houston under the leadership and direction and servantship of Reverend Judon Boney, who is still mm-hmm. alive mm-hmm. and right uh, still there in Houston. And um, there were very, very vibrant, you know, chapter and became engaged and involved through the Houston chapter in the organization. And uh, I like the concept of unity. It sounds good. Mm-hmm. If you ask most of our people, do we need unity? People will say yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I learned throughout my life that is sometimes it's easier said than done. No I doubt. mean, we can yeah. think about our own biological families, right? <laughs> you know, some of the schisms that exist within our family, so it is within our movement and our communities, but that is, it's a good goal and opportunity to work at, to be able to see the force of our ability to impact whatever the issue project program that we are engaged in, be able to impact it on a greater level if we have a certain level of operational unity Unity, or unity without uniformity Mm -hmm. or functional unity Mm -hmm. that we can actually build upon uh, without compromising any of our particular principles and what have you. So that was, you know, the reason why I got engaged there in Inbuff. We've we've done some, some great work in the Houston area on a number of different fronts throughout that 30 some years, not the least of which is raising up an independent institution. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
as activists. You got to really understand what I'm saying, Brother Oshi. I'm saying that we're not in the nonprofit industrial complex mm-hmm. chasing after the grant. You right. understand? Grant I'm talking money, about yeah. African people, everyday sisters and brothers who believe that we should raise up our own independent institution and collectively and cooperatively deal with the financing of it. And I'm proud to tell you that we have done that, brother. I say, I know. We have done that. I know. Um, And it's been a lot of ups and downs and challenges and people come and go, but we have actually lived that. In fact, I'm looking to write about that particular experience in particular, just the building, basically what it was, we were meeting in donated space. Somebody let us use a a particular place that they had. And then they said, well, you know, we're going to get our own place. And then what it was, they say it was a crack house. Hmm. It was an old abandoned building. And the members of our organization spent two years rehabilitating, renovating, that facility there in Houston, working on the weekends and after work and what have you, and collectively with community support, paying the bills. So, And we literally changed the face of that community there before. There's been a lot of gentrification and rehab since then, but we were there on the ground. So this is what I was talking about earlier. We we weren't, this is in the, from 95 to 97 we did this we were not we didn't just say damn it's it's, it's terrible what's going on with this crack mm-hmm. and the crack is terrible and that's a you know so-called crack house and people who have addiction issues are there we literally changed the face of the community and we always say we changed it from a crack house to a black house that's right you got the red black and green you got the real all over, all over it. I, I remember it, man. As you're speaking, I'm I'm recalling being there as you guys were doing the renovating work. Of course, we had the conference or the convention at uh, Shape. You know, right? But that we had it, we had it at Shape. But you guys were getting that building together and getting it ready. You know, uh, right. to be a building where our community could come to for the the various programs that you're going to initiate in terms of helping to feed the brothers and sisters to feed the hood, you know. Right. Educational programs. Uh, African-Tennis Saturday School, uh, Independent Garden. There there are a lot of things, meeting space. We've transformed that location um, into after Hurricane Katrina, after Hurricane Harvey, after some uh, to a total uh, storage and distribution center for humanitarian aid and assistance. For our people, there's a lot of things that we have been able to do in that small space, and I'm very proud of the fact that it's been done by the members and with community support. And many of those members are Egun now; they're ancestors, but they put their blood, sweat, tears, and their money, money. Yes. into it yes. so that we can have yes. some slightly liberated space there and you mentioned the shape community center yes 
that has been a beacon of Pan-Africanism in the Houston community for 54 years, since 1969. Wow. It's a tremendous institution that has programming for elders, youth. We call it the United Nations of the black community (laughs) because people come there. And one of the things that many people who visit there say, and this gets back to my point earlier, brother, about things being trends, things being, you know, what's hot today or whatever, is that many people started out back in that late 60s era building on certain beliefs of self-determination and independence and what have you. The Shape Community Center for them and its executive director and those founders, it wasn't a trend. It's a way of life. That's why they still there 54 years later. Man, that's beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I've been to a few of the conferences at, at Shape. It's tremendous. I, I will never forget that conference we had in Houston. Not Houston, excuse me. San Antonio. Yeah. Right. Those brothers and sisters. That's the organization for Black Unity Incorporated yes. there in San Antonio. Great so, organization. Yeah, and, and I know that these stories can be told in, in various cities across the country, you know. That's just some of some of what our experience has been. But you had asked, you know, like one of the things it says in our constitution is that the strength of the organization should be in its chapters. So the chapters have over the years had a lot of autonomy, meaning that the sisters and brothers in Kansas City's main focus of priority may have been around African-centered education. Mm -hmm. The sisters and brothers in uh, Chicago might have been dealing in electoral politics. The sisters and brothers in Houston may have been dealing with the police terrorism brutality and the criminal injustice system in the prison industrial complex mm-hmm. and then we also had national initiatives uh, under um the servantship of brother comrade warrell around we charge genocide when right. the crack cocaine if you hit right. and we su- submitted a petition to the united nations following following robeson patterson and du bois where Comrade and Samori and Mawia and Bob Brown and Brother James Muhammad from the Final Call all went to the United Nations in right. Geneva, Switzerland in 97, also back to New York, charging the government with genocide for its involvement yes. with the uh, country and the street organizations and how the money was rolling. But it was very much a grassroots type of effort. Right. It was initiative by the grassroots, yes. Right, initiative. Mm -hmm. And then um, the the big sit-down, the organizing of reparations activists and more Mm -hmm. around the country. So those have been some of the national type of initiatives. And then the programming, you mentioned some of it before. The whole uh, economic independence movement from the sisters and brothers in in, in Kansas City, African-centered education, fighting for that. I remember being in meetings, you know, years about independent African-centered schools, after-school programs, Saturday schools, charter schools, public schools, however we can get some African-centered education into the minds 
of yes. our young people mm-hmm. and people working, you know, in those particular areas. And you remember uh, Sister Maria, who was the former national yes. secretary, and her work in IAT. I heard you mentioning mm-hmm. that in yes. an announcement. Yes. She did a lot of humanitarian work in there for mm-hmm. 25 years and then went and lived That's there right. in Haiti. Yeah, she was there. And she was there when the earthquake happened. She, she was there when the earthquake happened, mm-hmm. and she was very much a practitioner of the traditional African spirituality mm-hmm. and had tremendous interactions at Boikaima, where they did the ritual to start the Haitian Revolution amongst what they call the Lakus, the people who were still holding that tradition there. So she's an ancestor now. But those are, you know, some of the people during my time mm-hmm. of history, even we'll get from Mama Maxine and, and, and Reverend Daughtry and what have you, even before my time, I spoke on the phone to Brother Adeyemi Bandeli, who was our international affairs representative in the early years of IMBUF yeah. and the work that was done in the UN. You mentioned the dynamic young sister, Swatara Olushola. She's in East Africa now. She's our, now our national vice chair of international affairs and has been there with her family for about three years yet now we'll be looking forward to um getting a update we've done some some work over there just since she's been there in terms of basic things like water systems and what have you and she's over there with the mentorship and and the closeness of Mama Charlotte O'Neill and Baba Pete O'Neill some of our political exiles from the Black Panther Party are they in Tanzania? Is she in Tanzania? Is that's that correct. where she is? Okay, yeah. That's, that's correct. Yeah, okay. I mentioned the fight yeah. over political prisoners, prisoners mm-hmm. of war, um, mm-hmm. and p- people in political exile and in, in, in supporting their causes. There has been some um, very good uh, work and support done by MBUF around, particularly our brother Sundiata Akoli. Mm-hmm. Yes for the Black Panther Party, Black Liberation Army, who we're pleased to say is out now, 86 years old. Right. I got a chance to go visit him in 2018. Marshal Eddie Conway, who was an ancestor now, he was mm-hmm. up there in Jessup, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Brother Salim and the brothers and sisters, we would, we would get off the airplane and go right to the Jessup Correctional Facility. Learned a lot from Brother Marshall Eddie Conway and and some others. So, I mean, it's been a lot of good work. There's plenty of more to do. Mm-hmm. There's um, a need to yes. constantly organize and assess and reassess our situation as it stands today in 2023 and what we need to continue doing and how it is that we can um push our movement forward. I say, that's what we have to do. That's what we must do. Because if we don't do it, who's going to do it? Exactly. No, but it's incumbent upon us to come together and bring these young folks along. Bring these young folks and have, a night, have them sit at the feet of our elders to talk about 
the history of MBuff and how to move it forward and then have them. That, that, that's the, the youth are the energy. You know, I know you bring right. a lot of energy, but still, the youth are our energy. The youth is, 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 is what's going to propel this thing forward. I, you know, um, how, how I got involved in MBuff, uh, Brother Mike Holt of the Market Community Journal and uh, bro- Brother Judge Russell Stamper. I can't, I don't know if they went to Chicago or they went to wherever, they went to an MBuff meeting. And I don't know, it might have been in Michigan, Lansing. Went to an MBuff meeting and came back and they talked about, you know, organizing. And, and suddenly I was I was the chairperson, you know. But honored to, honor to be so. You got, you, you got, you got voluntold. <laughs> I know, man. That's like, what? Well, what happened? <laughs> you know, yeah. and and then um, we, then we started organizing on a local level and and getting involved in what was happening um, on the national level with with MBuff and being supportive <laughs> of the activities and and the people involved and and man, it was an honor to. To meet and work with Brother G Two Ausi and Brother, you know, Seku, all the all the brothers and sisters, and they, like I say, mm-hmm. you you refresh my memory with Sister Maxine out of New York, you know, mm-hmm. Sister Sandra Dean out of Kansas, Kansas City. City, yeah, yeah, our yeah. Treasure. powerful sister yeah, served in national capacity, yeah, yes, Mickey's Sister Kimberly. Mm. Of the dynamic duo of Ajamu and Kenda out of out yeah. of Kansas City, yep. Lumpkin and Doctor <laughs> out of St. Louis, Charles Rowe yeah. out of Seattle, yeah. uh, Mr. Marilyn Simmons, uh, Charles Miller yeah. out of Alvin a- Sykes out of Kansas City. A lot of these people are ancestors yeah. now, yeah. and. They laid a great foundation for us. I mean, sure. I don't know all of the, you know, names. Mama Porter out of Chicago. Oh, yeah, Mother it, Porter, it, man. It, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. These, these people are tremendous. And, and mm-hmm. you know, Conrad, it's, sometimes it's hard to think of Conrad as being an ancestor. Yeah, you know, he's so consistent and, 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 yes. and uh, so uh, well trained. So Mother, Mother Denver, they call her the button lady. She was out of New York and Houston. Yeah. yeah. Right? These are these are these are was, serious, dedicated people whose shoulders that we stand on. Said, and as I say, there are many names that I don't fact, know that we fact, hold uh, this tradition there's, up. There's a brother out of New York uh, who organized with G two and them out of New York, um, brother. Uh, say do Bash- oh, oh no, I'm, I'm no say, brother say do. Yeah, I like brother say do. But no, his name is Bashir Mchawi. I don't know if you know yeah, him. Yeah, we were just on his show last yeah. year. Yeah, I was just on his show last week. Were you okay? Yeah. So yeah, he's he's a, he's an organizer of of MBuff and and uh, I I organize I had him on my program for Kwanzaa, you know, because he was one of the organizer okay. one of the early and beginning organizers of Kwanzaa, you know, and everybody mm-hmm. thinks that this is just a Milana Karinga, but no, there were many others, you know, and then there's a sister. Who talked about the sister on the West Coast, who uh, kept Kwanzaa alive while Milana was going through his situation, you know, and further promoted Kwanzaa and even went to the continent promoting Kwanzaa, you know. But yeah, brother Bashir Mchawi, he's been on the program and we talk about uh, G two and uh, um, the West, the, the West End, the West Movement. 
The East. The East. The East, not the West. So I apologize. The yeah, East. Yeah. yeah. yeah what you know, they just had they're they're just closing out yesterday the International African Arts Festival, which was uh started, I believe, by the East and okay. a lot of the uh sisters and brothers uh from New York, Brooklyn and what have you, even uh I saw where Brother Sekou Odinga from the Black Panther Party, Black Liberation Army, Sundiata Akoli, mm. they all there with Reverend Daughtry, Viola Plummer, and Omawali Clay from the December 12th movement. A lot of, lot of different people um, who have been in our movement for a long time. Uh, they were just there yesterday and for the last four days. Mm. And I think they might be in the 45th year mm-hmm. of that International African Arts Beautiful festival there in Brooklyn. Yes, but yeah, so, but I think the, the 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 question is the history is great, right? And it's something great to stand on. Is all right. So, what is happening in two thousand and twenty three? Mm-hmm. With all of that behind us, what is the path forward? And some of our work is timeless and not just an inbuff in any particular group that or any particular formation that has made uh, a contribution mm-hmm. and then what are the adjustments what are the creativity as you say what is the youth focus what are some of the challenges and opportunities that present themselves in this modern technological age and these are questions that we will be grappling with at the convention it's something that we're constantly uh looking at and any serious thinking people should be thinking in that way from our perspective right yeah because i mean you we have been here the national black united front and many or other organizations for decades you know now as far as I'm concerned, you know, I, I, I would love to develop some unity amongst organizations, keeping having organizations to keep their autonomy, but yet to still work with other organizations because, you know, if we truly are going to change these dynamics, it's not one organization or another. It's the culmination of all these organizations speaking with that one. We, we need that one voice. We need that strong one voice that speak to us, not crackers, but speak to us because once that happens, how we present ourselves will let everybody know all the bullshit is over. We are reclaiming, recapturing, restoring our African minds, and we're reclaiming, recapturing, and restoring our African lands, our resources. We're educating ourselves to do for ourselves. We're going to build. It's not going to happen here. Here we, here we got to make sure we safeguard brothers and sisters so they don't get imprisoned, so they don't get denied whatever services they're eligible for and so forth. We, we, we definitely do that. But in terms of, uh, of, of us, it is, it is on the continent. And so us and the brothers and sisters on the continent put all petty differences aside, close ranks, 
pool resources, and we begin to build the continent, educating ourselves. The, the, I mean, as, as uh, Dr. John Henry Clark says, is that, you know, mm -hmm. Africa has and continues to have all the, all the land mm -hmm. and all the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do without, and sure hell, damn it, don't want to pay for it. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen this piece that's, that it's on um, uh, YouTube about this Caucasian named Howard Nichols. And Howard Nichols brazenly and boastfully talking about we must keep Africa poor, you know, because we need their resources. We need their resources, you know, uh, cheap, if not, uh, if not free. You know, we must never allow, we must never allow Africa to develop anything, to manufacture anything, to produce anything, you know. I mean, this Caucasian is saying it openly and bluntly. And that's what's happening. So, I mean, if you get a chance to, Brother I, I Kofi. Think this, I think a couple of things from what you said, Brother Oshie, that makes me think and it thinks about, you know, guiding principles and organizing when we come to this convention on July the 7th through the 9th, right outside of Pittsburgh, inbuff.net, is single charismatic leadership think that many of the formations understood coming out of the 60s and 70s the flaw in that model mm -hmm. that in fact Reverend Daughtry told me one time he said he was glad to see the organization still going on because sure. someone had said if you can't leave and the formation still be functioning then you don't have a formation or organization you've got a personality cult mm. Mm -hmm. So that we have these dynamic, charismatic figures throughout our history and even today and understanding that it's not about any one particular individual. It's about us as a people. Right. As a collective. And yes. as human beings, it is flattering when you get a lot of attention and people start treating you different and, and the ego gets to going and, and what have you. But ultimately, it's about us. If there are other groups, other formations, I'm always in the mode of, you mentioned some of the uh, conferences that that took place. All right, if they help move African people forward, if something positive came out of them, more power to them. Salute to them. And we love to see it because sure. there in the conditions that we have, there's enough work to be done for everybody. And when you talk about, you start talking about the continent of Africa and organizing strategies. If you are in the neighborhood in Houston, Texas or Atlanta or Brooklyn or Kansas City or wherever it is that we may be out on the West Coast, out in Oakland or L.A., when we have a very simple project like Feed the Hood, see, the brothers and sisters that we encounter with our Feed the Hood project, for the most part, they're not thinking about Africa. They're right. thinking about how can That's I true. survive That's right. today? Mm -hmm. Right. How can me, my family, mine survive? And that 
small, simple project. There's nothing new about it. We know the Panthers did it. We know churches have done it. We know mutual aid societies have done it. But what it does is it makes the link with our people mm-hmm. that then they will be able to hear some of this other talk that we got to talk about. Because and then also having the consistency in whatever the particular uh, project is. They have right. a Simba Simba Fulami program in Kansas City that deals with a youth rights of passage program. But see, they're consistent with the young people. Right. Right. It's not a one-off or, you no, know, doing a it for big decades. event that mobilizes our community. We have big events. We've had some of them, and we've been engaged in them. But then the question becomes, after the big events, what level is the organizing going to take place? Or is that baked into planning for large mobilizations? Hmm. These are some of, you know, the... Um, the, the questions and the challenges. And I share with you this. One, one of my best friends, he's original Black Panther, right? Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot from uh, him. And he brought this to my attention. He said, you know, J. Edgar Hoover stated that the Black Panther Party was the most, uh, the biggest threat to United States security. We probably heard that saying. But then he told me that Hoover then later said, and we have to check records on it. I don't know how much later. He said the biggest threat to the to the internal security of the U.S. was the survival programs that they had. Hmm. And the reason he said that my interpretation or my understanding, and I stand to be corrected, but was that those programs is what bound them to the people. Nice. And that was right. what they were, they were making. They captured the imagination. Right of the people. That's one particular yes. formation. That's an example of, of uh, what it is that that I'm speaking about. Mm-hmm. So being able to think globally, we're in a world where we can act globally, but also think locally and act locally mm-hmm. is a part of, from our vantage point, the way it is that we need to um, look at our situation and look at things as I said, the challenges as well as the opportunities. And I'll reiterate that ain't no, I don't give a damn, brother. How many lectures we've been to, how many times we've been to Africa or where African people are or whatever formation, we are not in any better situation than the masses of our people. We are right. in the mass. We are right. are the people. Yes. We and, and I and a practically, you know, we have a tendency to we need sheroes and heroes, right. which we do, whether they be historical or mm-hmm. today. I learned early on in the movement that these are just human beings just like That's everybody right. else. That's right. Same issue. With with the challenges. Yeah. With the with some of the challenges so but listen, we like, say like we do a thing on Malcolm all the time, right? Every year, and we say we want to lift Malcolm up, but we don't want to lift him up so high that we can't touch him as a human being, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as a father, as right. a husband, right. as a person who was a part of an organization, right. as 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 that was a part of a broader movement. 
is to have that balance. Right. We hold and that's the way it is. We hold them up as a model of that manhood. That makes somebody, somebody who we should all try to aspire to. Let me catch some callers. I got a couple of callers here. Uh, 646, 646, good afternoon. Yeah, what's going on, OC? I was just listening to um, yes. what y'all was saying, man. Yeah, this, was, is, uh, this, is, this is Brother Kofi Taharka out of Houston, Texas. He is the national chair of the National Black United Front. They're having their convention in Pittsburgh this weekend. And, uh, oh, yeah, one of the special guests is Brother, is, was, is Brother Herbert Daltrey is one of their special guests. And the speaker is uh, Brother Charles Barron. Yeah. Well, man, I mean, Charles is, Charles is going to have a lot to say in regards to the apathy of this Negro because they definitely cost him a seat. Yeah. And I guess he'll be able to use them as a prime example of what happens when you replace a revolutionary with a puppet because I'm pretty sure that this guy that's replacing him is going to sell his community out to the highest bidder. And, you know, my feelings is this. When you talk about the black community and the development and the substance of the black community, I don't think there's another black politician in this country. I'm saying this very, very clearly. I do not think there's another black politician in this country that has done for his predominantly black community what Charles Barron has done for his. You can't, you, listen, if you, as they say, call the record. And if you call the record on every black politician, that has provided so-called services for black people, none of them. Yeah. I'm saying near one would be able to have the receipts that Charles Barron has for his well, community. I mean, there's, there's and I'm a talking few. about I hear, your favorites. Yeah, I hear there's a few I'm of them that I know of. Palmer, I'm talking about Maxine Waters. I'm yeah. talking about all of these Negroes in the CBC. They right. haven't done nothing for the black community like Charles Barron has. Yeah. And that's a fact. Yeah. And well, think about that. Yeah, no, I got you. Let me let me take another call. Uh, Jay, you hang on Thanks. with us, okay? And I'll get uh, Brother Kofi Tahaka to respond since Brother Charles Barron is that keynote speaker. Hold on. Let me get another sister. Uh, sister, oh, she hung up. Okay. Just as I let in, she hung up. Uh, Brother Kofi, go ahead. Yeah, I have, I have spoken earlier that, yeah, we're looking to wrap our arms around our brother with a strong uh, black power solidarity with him and hear from him. He's one that's been behind the curtain, as I like to say, who can give us the real deal. I said earlier in the show some of the organizing strategy. But I will say this. Our goal is not to be a politician. And that's what happens with the back political elite and others who are in that sphere within this body politic. So it may be a tactic, a strategy to use. And I know that for the better part of his life, Brother Charles has been in our liberation movement, and that doesn't change because 
he lost that primary after 20 or 21 years. He and his wife, we should never forget, Sister Inez Barron, mm-hmm. delivering for their community. And he will be able to share some of what he has delivered, what he's learned through the experience, what he's learned through organizing Operation Power on that particular battlefront. So we look forward to it. We right definitely on. look forward to it. Right on. Well, our time is about up. Let me get Jay back on. Jay, you got any uh, anything else you want to say? Brother well, hey, hey, listen. You know, when, when, when you have history behind you like Charles does and his wife and the fact that, you know, I mean, he may be in a stronger position now than he's probably ever been because, you know, depending on what his mind mindset is, um, if I was him, I, w- I would just start going after these Negroes, man, because we we got too much against us as a people to keep on having these sucker and jobbers leading us. You know what I mean? It's time... We call them out, man. It, yeah. it, 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 it's like we are the critical stage in our, de- our development because, to be honest, white folks is losing their usefulness for us, man. They And every other ethnic group is moving forward in the direction of, of, of their position in this country, man. If you think about it, we are now at the point to where as we're competing with the Latino community for our absolute survival. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And, and, and unfortunately, our so-called leadership don't understand that. They always use this sick, twisted, perverse word, allyship. They allies, this and that. Ain't no goddamn body in this country your ally as a no. black man. We no, ha- hey, hey, listen, they just Jay. You. They just used you. Dr. Clark said it best. We have no friends. We have no, you want a friend? Go look in the mirror. And don't leave that mirror until you like what you see. Not the, not how your, your 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 hair is, your arched eyebrows, or cleft in your chin. No, you like who you see as an African. You like who you see historically. You like who you see culturally. And you're willing to work with all those who look just like you. Brothers, I got to get ready to go. Brother Kofi, I'm going to let you have the last words uh, for your convention uh, this weekend, the 44th yeah. convention of the National Black United Front. Forward ever. Back we want to thank. We want to thank you for the opportunity, Brother Oshi. You can go again to inbuff.net to see the schedule and see a little more about the organization. And we again thank you for the opportunity. Reverend Daughtry will be there. Charles Barron will be there. Sister Lisa. Quinn, our servant in Pittsburgh, amongst many others, will be there. And we look forward to seeing y'all this coming weekend. I Thank see. you again for whatever. Back was never. Right on. I appreciate it. Brothers and sisters, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do without, and sure in hell don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day.
Shimhotep means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Bibi Fahadier. Bibi Fahadier means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. You have a blessed and wonderful day, family. Peace. See you on Friday for the uh, Pan-African Federalist Movement. Peace.